let's take a break from the world being on fucking fire, because trust me, the episode after this is going to be very fucked up and depressing. How depressing? The Taliban is literally raping corpses. But before we get into that, I have a fun episode I put together right here where we go over some of my personal favorite content creators and my least favorite content creators. But not just any least favorite. People I used to watch with a dedication that I no longer enjoy the content of. We're going to go over why I watch these folks and why I don't watch some of these folks. That being said, welcome to Inside Four Walls. I am your ANCAP host, James Madison, and let's get right into it. These aren't in any specific order. They just kind of came in order, which I caught myself watching them. That being said, the first one's probably not going to be any surprise to anybody who's actually watching my content and or listened to it. Tim Pool, Tim Cast, and Tim Cast IRL. Those are the three channels I probably watch the most. It probably shows. I've liked Tim Pool ever since his... Uh, well, ever since Occupy Wall Street, really, came to my attention originally when a lot of these... You know, mainstream outlets were talking about it. A lot of people were like, young man out there revolutionizing the way news is covered. Timothy Poole. Timothy Poole. You know, people really covered it. And I've watched him pretty religiously since, like, I don't know, 2017 onward. And I, I absolutely love the transformation he went through. He went from, like, we don't need guns to give me all the fucking guns on the planet. I'm going to build a fucking, uh, fucking house in the middle of fucking nowhere. I'm going to fly the Gadsden flag. Don't fuck with me. I love that shit. Now, a little bit of criticism to level at Tim here. Here, I'll do it in a parody. The world is on fire and the economy is going to shit and money is getting harder and harder to get your hands on. That being said, go over to TimCast.com where you give me $25 a month and you get exclusive content and you help support our fierce journalism. But remember, civil war in two weeks. That's sort of my criticism of him and it's, you know, the criticism usually leveled at him. I don't think he's controlled opposition. I don't think he's a grifter. I think if you feel like he's a grifter, you didn't follow his content when he moved from, you know, New York to New Jersey to Virginia. Because he moved from one riot to the next riot and originally started in Chicago. And he moved to New York. Then he moved to New Jersey. And he kept moving from riot spot to riot spot to riot spot. So as things happened, he got more like, okay, maybe we do need guns. Maybe we do need to absolutely follow the Constitution, so on and so forth. So I don't think it's so much of a grift as it is he's just evolved as a person. And I absolutely, you know, I used to not enjoy the Tim cast, but I will say, Ethan is cool. Or Ian. Ian is cool. I do not enjoy watching him on the Tim cast. I do like watching Ian when he's on, uh, I like Ian when he's with uh, Adam Krigler, who's all, and I'll go into him next. I also I love Adam Kritzler. Great channel. He's another one of those people that get called a grifter, but really he's just kind of matured into his political opinions that he has now. Because originally he was kind of a, like, you know, I'm not really a, a, a liberal or a Republican, but I'm pretty left-leaning on a lot of topics, you know, but I don't really follow politics super closely. And now he's been informed on shit. He's formed his opinions, and he does his own thing, and I absolutely enjoy it. Though his new haircut is whack. I will say that. Anyway... <laughs> Ian, who's a co-host on the show, uh, I don't think he meshes very well, and I feel bad for him, because he gets a lot of unfair hatred towards it, like, leveling at him, and he is, I don't want to say he's an idiot, but he's not the sharpest tool in the shed, at least not when it comes to politics, when it comes to, when it comes to computers, uh, science analytics, technology in general, uh, natural resources, farm like not necessarily farming, but like uh, I don't know, like bread making, uh, survival stuff like that. He is pretty fucking good on that kind of stuff. But when it comes to politics, there's no way in hell, no way in hell. And based off of an episode we saw not too long ago where he was asked about mandates and shit, 
he does not seem to mind the idea of bending to a totalitarianistic government if the situation is right for him to do so. Bit of criticism there, but I still watch Ian's content. I just don't think he's that good of a host or regular feature on TimCast. I do love We Are Change's work. I've been watching We Are Change for the longest fucking time, since about 2014, 2016, around the... I think 2016 is when he really came to light. And he first started covering Trump. And I watched him when he was confronting people. Like, uh, I think the first clip I really saw him in is when he confronted uh, Anderson Cooper. Confronted him like, you know, you're not a journalist. You're a CIA operative. You're trained by the CIA. You haven't had no real journalistic experience. You left the CIA and went into national news. Don't you think that's a little uh, sketchy? It, it's a good confrontation. I also really loved when Luke Rutkowski of We Are Change went into... He broke into Epstein's Island and illegally rooted around and explored shit. And it's not illegal because he's a member of the press and he does press work. It's just a really great video. Uh, that was probably like six, seven months ago now. If you haven't gone on it, We Are Change. I believe it's like the first video he has highlighted. Phenomenal video. And Tower Patch Lids, she's great. She's great on her own as well. Uh, she pops up in a lot of interviews. Uh, Sydney Watson has an interview with her, I believe. Sydney Watson, someone I don't watch very often. I check her content occasionally. She's not on this list. But I do occasionally check out her content. Uh, she has a video where she goes over what's going on in Australia right now, and that's an interesting video to watch. I do enjoy her content. She's just not somebody I regularly check out. And there's a lot of people like that that are on the list, but there are people I do subscribe to and I do check out on occasion, but don't necessarily follow the closest. Uh, we are changed. Uh, we are changed with Luke Rutkowski. Ian with his own stuff and being on Adam Kregler's podcast, The Kregler Show. Uh, I watch Kregler, you know, on his own. I do wish there was a way for him to go back on Tim Pool because when it was just Kregler and Tim and Lydia, I did like that chemistry a lot. I just wish I hadn't gotten into the, you know, the actual Tim Pool podcast. I wish I got into it sooner. Uh... But for the longest time, I just didn't watch the, the podcast. Then I got into it about 2019, late 2019 when he started it. Maybe he started in 2020. I think he started in 2019, and I just wasn't a huge follower. But all through 2020, I, I watched every episode pretty religiously. Um, I enjoyed them. So Tim, so I would say watch, subscribe to all the Tim Pool stuff. And people, oh, here's another reason. I don't believe he's a grifter because it's not one side that loves him and one side that hates him. And he has on a bunch of people from all, all spectrums. Like, you know, he, oh, what's his name? He's had on a uh, Hunter, Hunter Avalo. He'll have on Hunter Avalo one episode, then Dave Smith the next. And then, uh, what's his name from a uh, war room? Steve Bannon. He'll have Steve Bannon on later. Then he's had Alex Jones on a bunch of times. You know, stuff like that. I, I A couple of guests I wish he'd have on. I wish he would have on Jimmy Dore. I wish he would have on Robert Barnes. I wish he would have on Viva Fry. Uh, God, who else would be a good match for that show? I'd love to see Steven Crowder on, on that show, too. We've seen him on Steven Crowder's show, but we've never really seen Steven Crowder on his show. Uh, Rodney, you know, the king, king of the cocks from Part of the Problem. He'd be great. Uh, sort of a weird one. I would love to see, uh, what's his name? You used to be on Baited with uh, Keemstar and Tommy Tommy C. I'd like to see Tommy C on there. That'd be pretty cool. I'd like to see Tom McDonald on there. That'd be kind of fun. Uh, he's had Bryson Gray on a bunch. Uh, Loza Alexander would be great to have on there. But, you know, it's a great show. Uh, so, yeah, subscribe to all the Tim Pool. Subscribe to We Are Change. And subscribe to uh, Adam Krigler. I don't remember the name of Ian's channel, but... If you want, check that out, too. He posts some interesting stuff. And like I said, Ian's great when it comes to technology and the more hippy-dippy side of emotional political, like mo emotional politics. If you want that take, it's pretty good. I'm going to move on. The next one on this list is Anthony Brian Logan, the great ABL. And now I'm going to wrap this review up in a... With, uh, fuck! Can't do it like he does! That's one smooth motherfucker! I'm going to wrap this review up with a, little, with a nice little bow on top. 
So I've known about him since 2018-ish, around that time. He's uh, he's I'd say he's probably the leading black conservative voice up until like originally. So there's Larry Elders. Larry Elders is on my list. Don't worry about that, sweetheart. But I'd say right there with Larry Elders, Andy Brian Logan is one of the leading black conservative voices on the internet and in America as a whole. Uh, Hotep Jesus thinks he's a bit of a grifter. I'm not so sure if he's a grifter or not. Uh, also, Hotep Jesus has different, uh, Uncle Hotep, too, I think, calls him a grifter. But, uh, I don't see it. I personally don't see it. That's just me. I enjoy his content. He's a little boring at times for me, but if you want the straight-to-it skinny from a a conservative viewpoint and a black conservative viewpoint at that, he's definitely the one to go to. He's the C-span of black conservatism. But, yeah, Anthony Brian Logan, he's great. He has a great podcast. He goes on a podcast. Uh, I can't remember what it's called, but it's uh, it's him, Officer Tatum, another person on this list. Uh, God, what's his name? He's had on uh, The Black Conservative, who's another YouTube channel I highly recommend you checking out. So that would be Anthony Brian Logan, The Black Conservative, and Officer Tatum. Moving on, the next one on this list is Officer Tatum himself. Uh, he came to my attention when the defund the police movement was at its height and leading up to that. He is a retired black police officer in California, I believe. Uh, he's recently dealing with some bullshit because he's getting sued, uh, or his wife is getting sued, I should say, by someone he did a video on, which is some pussy shit, you know, but whatever. I, uh, Again, Officer Tatum is another one of these black conservative types. He's very pro-cop, something that I'm not the most pro-cop thing on. I think arm... Everyone in the pot, arm every single American, and crime will sort itself out. You break in somebody's house, you might get away with it that time, but eventually you're breaking the wrong guy's house, you're gonna get fucking killed, or you're gonna start shit and fuck around and find out. That's my belief, the fuck around and find out policy. Remove the cops, save the taxpayers a bunch of money, and give them all guns and let it go from there. But he's cool, he's got great takes, he's got a good sense of humor on him, and not only that. He does a lot of good reactions, and he's not one of these people who does a reaction to something where he just sits there and watches and maybe pauses halfway through and says something, and then says something at the beginning and end as well. He actually breaks down where you're coming from on a lot of shit, and specifically when it comes to dealing with you know topics of black conservatism uh, and how black Americans in general are covered in the media, he's great on that topic, and police rights, he's great on that topic as well. At the end of the day, I may not be the most Blue Lives Matter type of individual, but at the same time, they are people. You know, they, they got real shit going on. They got as many problems at home as me and you do. Next on this list is the conservative Tims. The conservative Tims. <laughs> yeah. Got another good recommendation for y'all. Got a damn good recommendation for y'all. The conservative twins. Can't believe it's a conservative, tw- conservative Tims. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Kevin and Keith. Uh, Kevin's definitely my favorite. He's the funniest one. He's the one always in the background. You know, he, he's great. He's funny. They do a lot of good uh, commentary. Uh, Barricade Garage over says they, they talk like freed slaves. And, man, that's cold. Barricade Garage. That shit is cold as hell, dog. But, uh, Again, a lot of these conservatives I've listed so far are kind of just like your run-of-the-mill conservative opinions on shit. I enjoy them because they got a good sense of humor. Their stand-up's great. Their merch is pretty good. And I like to recommend them because, you know, they may agree on most things, but they got a lot of things they disagree with on. And then not only their conservative twins channel, they also got the Ask the Hodge Twins, Hodge Twins Fitness, where their Hodge Twins Fitness page is mostly them eating fast food. Like, what the fuck is that shit, dog? But, uh... As the Hot Twins, great. I don't think they still upload on it too much, but they used to take all sorts of letters. You know, tired of this email here. My wife's sucking dick. What do I do? But, yeah, Hot Twins are great. I highly recommend checking their channel out. And they got their own independent channels, you know, where it's Keith got his own channel, Kevin got his own channel, and they got a bunch of channels to share together. And the next one on the list is Good Goddamn Morning American. I don't know why I gave him an accent, but that would be Jericho Green. Man, I, every time I watch Jericho Green, I hear him talk, man. I just, like, I would not want to be his kid. Can you imagine? If you got, like, a bad report card or anything, and you got to get yelled at by Jericho Green. 
god damn he's like if if maga hulk had a little brother <laughs> jericho green uh he's not the most he's not your average conservative mouthpiece too like he says shit and he's not afraid to go there like he's got all sorts of takes he's got like you know like he'll lay on to conservatives too he's even called out trump on a handful of topics and issues but he's not afraid to go out in the world and do shit. You know, I love Jericho Green. Plus, he's loud as fuck, dude. You turn on, you watch some Jericho Green in the morning, man. That shit wakes you up because he's yelling in your ears. You're like, oh, fuck. God damn. But uh, he's someone I casually watch. You know, I don't watch every upload religiously or, or anything like that. But, you know, when I do catch him or I do remember to look him up, I greatly enjoy his content. It's pretty sure he tends to film when he's driving to work or from work. Or he'll do, like, a good damn evening Americans. I don't know why I keep doing that accent. Fuck. But, yeah, Jericho Green's great. Moving on. Shoe on head slash brainlet. Now, shoe on head. She is an interesting uh, content creator. She came to my attention when I used to watch her ex-boyfriend, Armored Skeptic. I've been a fan of the Armored Skeptic channel since, like, 2014, 2015. <laughs> Uh, first video I watched of his was Nut was Nut the Museum. And then I saw her on their like night. Ah, uh, fuck! I cannot talk. Nights at the movie, or Night at the Movies, uh, where she would help, where she went over it. Then I heard her talking the Joker film a little bit. I heard some of her political takes. And, you know, I, I want to check out her channel, so I came to Shoe on Head. She's a bit more twenty mm, first century socialist. I don't agree with her on everything she says politically, but I do enjoy her Hell World series greatly. I enjoy her takes. And on a side note, man, whoever leaked her news online, y'all fucked up for that. Like, you guys are really fucked up. I probably shouldn't even be talking on here because some of you who maybe listened to this and didn't know about that now know. I personally make sure I avoid looking at that shit just because it's like, that's a content creator I enjoy. Uh, there was a meme I saw that came out of that where it's like a picture of her face looking up at the camera. It's like, when your filter slips and you show you're 30. That's an interesting meme. And uh, anyway, off that topic. She has a great series, Hell World. Or she does occasional reaction videos. She used to upload pretty frequently. Now she rarely uploads. So like, you might get like to see an upload from her once every three months. And again, I don't check the Brainlet channel regularly. But yeah, she on head. She's got great takes. Definitely seems a bit like a trad wife in, in some ways, like mommy girlfriend energy to some capacity. She's great. I highly recommend checking out she on head. There's not much of a review I can give on her. So I'm moving on. Slightly offensive. With, uh, oh, I can't think of his name. Fuck, he just had Michael Malice on the other day. Anyway, he's like the 18th favorite host on Blaze TV. And he's someone that's gone through a whole spectrum, being like slightly liberal to being very conservative-ish. And now he's leaning more towards anarchy, if I'm reading him correctly. I enjoy him. Uh, I can see where some people call him a grifter. Actually, I can kind of see the point and argument for that. But, you know, Elijah Schaefer, that's who it is. He's going on the streets. Uh, he came to my attention when he would go out there and infiltrate groups like Antifa. Or when he did his chop cover of that, you know, the chass slash the chop and all that shit that happened, that no-go zone. Because I'm not going to call it an autonomous zone. It's not an autonomous zone. It's a no-go zone. And that's all it fucking is. Wish I ever got a chance to go there and film that shit. But Sab's great. His lesbian... I heard she's not even Asian. I thought she was Asian, but I guess she's not Asian. I guess she's like Filipino or some shit. But she looks Asian. Uh, he's great. He doesn't have much of a filter. Is He's got a good dark sense of humor when it comes to topics like ripping on pedophiles and shit. He makes topics that most conservatives or most political commentators wouldn't talk about without coming off kind of cringy. Fun and interesting to enjoy. So I recommend. Slightly offensive. And then, moving on down the list, we got Jimmy Dore. Man, Jimmy Dore. He's, been a, he's got a long, illustrious career from the Young Turks to Opie and Anthony in the Morning. Jimmy Dore, he's definitely a socialist. There's no doubts about it. But he is not afraid to call out the administration. He's absolutely roasted the Trump administration. And he has absolutely roasted the Biden administration. Now, there is... Who the fuck is that cunt? Anyway. Now, 
sometimes I do think he appropriates shit. And what I mean by that is, uh, and it doesn't help. He does label uh, videos things like Biden gets attacked for ending the war. Then when you watch it, he's not really ripping on people shitting on Biden. He actually comes off quite neutral in that, except for he comes off he comes off against the state. And this channel's motto is biased coverage against the state. I was someone told me I should change it to based coverage against the state, and I'm not that based. I try to be based, but I'm not that based. I'll be honest. Me and Jimmy Dore do not agree on politics for the most part or what the role of government should be. But at the end of the day, we absolutely agree on destroying and dismantling the current system we have in the hopes of something better to come along. I absolutely will not humor the idea of socialism being what we need to do. But when he says shit like, if we have money to send overseas at trillions and trillions of dollars a pop, then why don't we have money to send here and give to people we need in America or provide for the people who can't provide for themselves? The government should not be providing for people, but at the same time, I will be saying, man, that's a valid fucking point. Moving on. Steven Crowder. Now, I will admit, man, I, I kind of uh, I kind of miss having Steven Crowder every morning, except for on, what was it, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday? I kind of miss waking up, you know, wake up at like 9.30, get yourself a cup of coffee, turn on the computer, the tablet of the phone, and catch louder with Crowder in the morning, you know, protected by Walther and Betty. But, you know, it is what it is. I kind of wish uh, David Landau would host some more episodes, but I have a feeling that based on what happened in the past with uh, two episodes of Landau's getting taken down and giving the channel a strike that that won't be happening anytime soon. I think Dave Landau's great. I love his stand-up. Uh, he's got a great bit of stand-up on... Um, oh, what the fuck's it called? Stand-up... Com- uh, uh, Comedy Central's got these... Uh, uh, series on, on YouTube where it's like comedians telling one stories about shit that happened in their lives. Uh, they also, I think he's been on an episode of Tales from the Trip on there as well. Uh, God, I can't think of the name of that series on YouTube. Fuck, I can't think of it. It might come to me later on. But he's got a great story about when he was in a mental asylum because they were waiting to send him to like a different jail, but the jail wasn't accepting people at the time, so he had to spend like a night in, a, in like a psych ward. And he got put in a room with a kid who attacked his father because he thought he was because he thought he himself was a werewolf and he tried to eat his dad. And he talks about how he got attacked by a guy who turned, thought he was a werewolf after ripping his clothes off and kept bumping his dick against his leg. I'm not doing any justice, but Dave Landau's great. Quarter Black Garrett's great. Uh, pretty much everyone on that show is pretty cool. Uh, I'm not. I don't agree with Crowder on everything he says. For those of you who don't know who Stephen Crowder is, there's that meme where it's the change my mind guy. That's Steven Crowder. And I love that whole series, Changed My Mind. He's great. I think he's kind of like Haley McEnany with a dick because he's got a big old binder of fuck you facts right there ready to go. And, and a side note here. With that uh, H3H3 versus Steven Crowder thing, he had no reason to sit there and debate Sam Cedar. Why? Because it sets a bad precedent. Now, there are some people out there who are like, well, if he could so easily destroy destroy him, then um, then um, why, why didn't he just debate Sam Cedar? He said, oh, no, it's Sam Cedar. What a nightmare. He was being facetious. Actually, watch the clip. And by the way, don't just watch the clip on H3H3. Go over to, you know, the Crowder channel and watch the pre-recording audio where they're just having a nice conversation talking about, like, kids... You know, what, what it's like being a dad, so on and so forth. They had a real cordial conversation. And then the last minute, Ethan Klein's a little faggot, decided to switch out and be a little bitch. And if he would have defeated, defeated Sam Cedar there, win or lose, it sets a bad precedent because it just says, oh, this is something we can do and still get an interesting bit of content out of it. No. H3H3 challenged him to a debate. Crowder accepted because Crowder said, I think it's a bad idea for you to just go along with what TV tells you. Because the direct quote, or roughly the direct quote from H3H3 is, why why should you have to do research, man? Just go along with what they're telling you because they're going to tell you what they need to tell you for your safety. I'm paraphrasing, of course. I don't have the quote on hand. And Crowder's like, that's dangerous. You should have to do some research for yourself. And H3H3 took some exceptions to that, and I guess somebody sent a fake email from Crowder's account, and this guy was dumb enough to believe it because the wording was off and everything. So H3H3 believed that was a real reach-out from Crowder, and it wasn't. So he challenged Crowder to debate, and Crowder responded, and then like a little bitch, 
at the last minute, Ethan Klein swapped out for Sam Cedar. And the reason you probably won't debate Sam Cedar is there's a big bullshit lie being passed around. Because Sam Cedar pushed the whole, uh, oh god, what was it? Fuck, I cannot remember what it was. Now that he pushed like the Russia collusion narrative, there was another thing with Steven Crowder he pushed. There was like a, a specific lie about Steven Crowder that he pushed, and I can't remember what it was off the top of my head. Again, I'm sure it will come to me as I go. But if he was to debate Sam Cedar there, win or lose, it was set a precedent that, okay, cool, I know that you expect to debate me, but I'm going to switch out last minute with somebody who wants to debate you instead of me doing it yourself as the guy who challenged you, and you're going to debate them instead. It sets up a bad precedent of the bait-and-swap method, which is just bad. So Crowder had no obligation to debate him there or on that platform whatsoever. But I do like Steven Crowder because it's comedy. It's about an hour long normally, and then you've got like another half hour to an hour long segment on the Blaze TV. And I have the Blaze TV uh, app and account. And I will say, though, Crowder Shop, your store is a little overpriced, but at the same time, I know you guys are financially struggling a little bit because YouTube keeps going back between monetizing and demonetizing you. Congratulations on the twins. They're absolutely adorable, and it's glad to see you got through your surgery and your monkey baboon heart did not kill you, and also your ribs look, your chest looks fucking weird now with those new ribs. Moving on. Michael, Michael fucking Malice, dude. I love Michael Malice. I actually have the Anarchist Handbook. Uh, actually, I think it's at a friend's house. I think I left it at their house. Fuck. Screen the Emma Golden parts of it. Anyway, a- Michael Malice, he is like the spokesperson for anarchy. Uh, he's written Dear Reader, the unofficial biography of Kim Jong-un and Kim Mao's son. Then the Anarchist Handbook, which I just mentioned. He also has a book called The New Right, A Journey to the Farthest Reaches of American Politics which is also great. Uh, God, just his channel is phenomenal. Uh, he uploads maybe two or three times a week with a live stream. He's frequently found on Alex Jones's stuff. He's been interviewed by, uh, what's his fucking name? Uh, Ruben, uh, the Ruben Report. Can't think of his name. Dave Ruben. He's been interviewed by Dave Ruben. He's been on Timcast. He's, I believe he's been a lot of a Crowder at least once. He's also been on Jimmy Dore. He gets he makes the rounds, man. He gets passed around more than your mother at a fucking NBA after party. But he's great anarchist. He was a uh, Jew born in the final years of the SSR and the you know the the Russian Communist Party's rule. Uh, and then he came to America and does his own thing. He doesn't believe in voting because he thinks it's uh, he thinks it's bullshit. And if he votes. He loses all the rights in the world to bitch, which I kind of see the opposite of on that one. I think if you vote and your side loses, you gain all the rights to bitch. That's the reason you see all that. Don't blame me. I voted for Trump shit all over the place. That's fucking why. Moving on. Dave Smith, host of Part of the Problem, the Gas Digital Network. My actual goal one day is to be part of the Gas Digital Network. That would be really fucking cool. I get a cool intro, too, if I join up. That'd be nice. I wish they'd reach out to me and ask me one day, but I know I, I get there in numbers eventually. And I will get there eventually one day. I, I guarantee it. Now, he is also the guy that put, he's not the guy who put together, but he's currently like the big spokesperson for the Mises Party, which is basically the Libertarian Reformant Party. Uh, it's Libertarians, Big L, and no cringe. Because let's face it, a lot of the Libertarian Party members are cringe. And they were already, it was already kind of a fringe, cringy-ass party to begin with. They were almost an unrelating force of status quo politics. Then Joe Jorgensen came along and just divided the party even further. I'll say right now, Joe Jorgensen was a fake bitch the whole time. She posted a pro-Marxist communist group tweet, and it read like shit. Also, I ripped this, I ripped her apart in my, uh, I wrote her part more in depth on my John McAfee deep dive where I go over, uh, I compare him to her. It's a very specific comparison between a, t- uh, a tweet McAfee did and the Joe Jorgensen racism tweet she did where it was just bullshit to begin with. But uh, yeah, Dave Smith, the most consistent motherfucker you know, the libertarian Tupac with Rodney the Fire Bernstein, the king of the cocks. Robbie, it's Robbie, the, the fire burns and king, king of the cocks. Two libertarian Jews, my favorite kikes to ever kike. And I gotta be honest, man, 
Dave Smith's podcast, part of the problem is great. And he has a Dave Smith show where it's more of like a, a topic update. And Dave Smith actually has a political campaign going. I think it's running. I think he's on the ticket for senator or something like that, or congressman. There's some sort of government position he's running for. I highly, highly recommend checking him out. And he is not. He is not anti-Trump, but he's definitely not a Trump supporter. He rips him apart. And when it comes to criticizing Trump over the Yemen uh, withstand, I absolutely fucking agree. That was fucked up. Now moving on, the JRE clips. By the way. I used to watch the Joe Rogan experience, but since he moved to Spotify and there's a lot of shit with that transfer over. I've been watching Joe Rogan for fucking ever, man. Forever. He actually had John McAfee on, but I can't find that upload anywhere anymore. But uh, when Joe Rogan moved to Spotify, you know, there's a whole lot of like, oh, I won't be censored. I won't be curtailed. And then originally there was a lot of censorship. And then there was a whole controversy with like only, you know, there was a hundred episodes that weren't transferred over. None of the Alex Jones episodes were brought over originally. All sorts of shit. And then there was a big meltdown with Spotify. And then he was like, oh, you know, my interview won't be deleted off YouTube. And a bunch of his past interviews got deleted off YouTube. There, there's been a whole bunch of back and forth shit with Joe Rogan. I think he might be a little bit of a fucking sellout. But I'll still watch the Clips channel. You know, they have the right guest on. I don't need to tell you who Joe Rogan is. You probably know who Joe Rogan is. Joe Rogan's interesting. I, I really, he's my favorite MMA commentator. It doesn't feel like a good fight unless Joe Rogan's there. And oftentimes, you know, when they have the events in Texas, that motherfucker's there now. So Joe Rogan's great, plus he's a marijuana advocate and as somebody who's sort of a reformed pothead, I, I still respect that. It's a good hill to die on. Uh, yeah, JRE. David Goggins. So David Goggins was a former Marine uh, and a former fat fuck, too. He was a hefty motherfucker, just like your host right here. Uh, Goggins came to my attention. He was actually on the Joe Rogan podcast. And now I follow his YouTube channel. I, would you fucking decide, asshole? Are you on the bed or are you off the bed? Are you in the room or out the room? Fucking dog. I love the dog, but she's so indecisive, man. That's how you know she's a she. Now, Sidon, you want to know why women are so indecisive about where they want to eat or what they want to do? Because last time a woman made a definitive choice, she got everybody kicked out of the Garden of Eden. Moving on. David Goggins. He was like some 300, 400-pound fat guy who went in the Marines. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what the service history is. But now he's like a crazy monster of fitness. Like, I don't care what level you think you're on when you hit the gym. You are not on a Goggins level, man. You can try in front of all you want, but you are nowhere near David Goggins. This motherfucker runs like... 15, 16, 50 mile marathons barefoot. And every one of his videos is just him running through the desert, talking to a camera, man. I wonder who the fuck keeps up with him, right? Is somebody in a car driving alongside? Is it like a drone? I don't fucking know. It's something. I love it when he says, stay hard, y'all. And he goes on from there. Now, talking about going on from there, moving on to someone who's kind of similar, but like the Bob Ross of fitness. Scooby, 1961, or 1961, I believe that's probably the year he was born. Now, Scooby is someone who only came to my attention a little recently, thanks to a YouTuber named Wang. And, you know, I'm someone who's been somewhat on, like, a, a health and fitness thing ever since then. I want to work on getting my confidence up and, you know, my own thing up. So that's why, you know, I try to upload to the podcast more often. I try to upload to my Rumble account as often as possible. I hit the waist as much as possible. And Scooby, 1961, is a big big help on that you know he actually makes a lot of great advice when it comes to like food fitness where beginners should be he's the bob ross of fitness uh and years ago there was some issue between him and 4chan when he was on he was a big figure on the 4chan fit boards and then a bunch of trolls kind of chased him off of it and he retired from youtube for a little while but he's back you know he says he doesn't do workout videos anymore but he still does a lot of like lifestyle healthy fitness and lifestyle videos so yeah, Scooby, nineteen sixty one. Go check him out. Now, Athleen X, he is like the YouTube version of Billiad, the guy who did uh, the the P ninety X videos. What I like about Athleen X is he's very technical in his fitness advice. He's straight to the point. There's no runaround, and he's not afraid to call out massive companies possibly putting future sponsors at risk of not sponsoring him because he's like, no, this is bullshit. He has a whole video on Bang. 
like I said, he has a whole video on Bang and on G Fuel. He also talks about different exercises you shouldn't do that are highly promoted, and he explains why you shouldn't do them. Stay. Stay. No more jumping up and down. You're shaking shit. You're a good girl. But if you're going to stay on the bed, stay on the fucking bed. If you're not going to stay on the bed, get off the bed. You're going to have to wash that bed set because of you. Did you crawl over here on my bed with that cute little fucking face? You little shithead. Oh, yes, you're a good girl. I love her, but she's a pain in the dick. Anyway. Yeah, athlete. There's a video recently talking about hangs right now and why you shouldn't be doing hangs. And if you're going to do them, how you should do them. Great health and fitness advice. Uh, I'm not sure if he's a nutritionist or anything like that, but he breaks down what exercises you should and shouldn't do and why you shouldn't and shouldn't do them. He also gives great fat brain advice. I enjoy his channel. And on the same train, Gravity Transformations. This guy is like your, you know, he's like, mm, he's like the voice of the casual person just getting into exercising, you know? And he's like athlete acts, but less technical and less to the point. Don't get me wrong. He stays on the subject and he runs with it. He also explains why and why you shouldn't be and why you should be doing certain fitness things. But there's a lot of like infographics you just don't get with other channels that I enjoy with uh, Gravity Transformations. I highly recommend him as well. Now we're moving on. Blair White and Blair Black. Same person. Blair ba Black is kind of like her After Hours channel. Blair White is her uh, main channel. Uh, Blair White, if you got a dick still, talk to me after you don't have a dick anymore. Because uh, you pass. If you're not sure, I'm going to pick on what I just said. Blair White is a former Marine or former Army infantry type of person who is now a trans person, and she's not one of these crazy trans rights activists. Uh, she's considered very conservative when I wouldn't say she's very conservative. Definitely small L libertarian for sure. But she does videos where she goes over uh, trans culture, trans rights, how things should and shouldn't be with trans people, the bathroom issue, and she covers it from a very based uh, point of view. And she also calls out major voices in the trans community. She's lost friendships because she's called out people that she's close to, saying some crazy shit. She's also not afraid to bring up trans people and their links to, like, child molestation, for example, or the suicide rate. She talks about the more uncomfortable situations, and if you want somebody... If you're on the right, or in the middle, or a libertarian type who wants to know what's going on in that side of the culture war, Blair White's a great channel to go to, and Blair Black's a great channel to go to... Uh, I don't really have too much more to say on her. I feel like that's a pretty fair description of her. She's been at it for a long time. Again, Blair White's just a great channel, and now this is a channel that's going to throw some people off. This person came to my attention because I've... Say what you fucking want, I still watch Channel Awesome content, and I've been watching them for years. I used to watch them back in the Equals 3 days of YouTube. And I've been with them the whole, like... 10 second movie thing or whatever the fuck. And when they moved to that guy with the glasses.com. And you might be knowing where I'm going with this. The nostalgia chick. I watched her when, when she was a nostalgia chick. And I still watch her to this day. And man, I love watching this bitch suffer. What she, she's reaping everything she ever sowed as her fan base turns and attacks her. Lindsay Ellis. Our favorite woke talking head for progressive politics, yet not standing by any of it imaginable grifter-ass woman. Now, I like her content, one, not just because I used to watch her when she's a nostalgia chick. Again, bite me if you don't like that. Second, don't bite me. I might knock your teeth out if you bite me, actually. But, I just enjoy watching her talking points. It's good to get the other side's understanding of it. And when it comes to things like gender and, uh, like, you're not the most informed understanding. Like, Jimmy Dore, right? When you want to understand how socialists in America think and operate, he is, like, the definitive go-to, right? The definitive go-to. But when it comes to people like, say, Lindsay Ellis, she's not the most informed. She's like an armchair socialist. Just like Hassan, that motherfucker who bought that mansion. And uh, she's kind of retarded. I'm not afraid to say that. 
mainly because everything I'm doing in this video is either punching up or there's no punching down around this everyone on this list from the people I like to be like don't like are farbing and I do and I do watch her, her content not the most regularly but I'll just pop in once a week to see what's going on in the world of Lindsay fucking Ellis anywho she's a uh, she'll do shit like you know People shouldn't go around flaunting and bragging because it can make people feel, you know, inferior. But then she's like, I'm one of the New York Times best-selling authors. May not be the best-selling author, but I'm one of them. Given her fucking bio. And she panders to the same he, she, they, them, she, he, her pronouns, alphabet people bullshit. But at the same time, again, it's good to get an understanding. And as far as some people on YouTube with her opinions go, she's fairly well-worded. Subscribe to her if you want to. She's quite the optional recommendation for me. I wouldn't say with the strongest backbone to subscribe to her. But again, she's someone who, for being an armchair person who studies social politics, she's a Twitterati type. There you go. She's part of the Twitterati. She's a blue check mark. If you want to know what the blue check marks think on shit, and she's not going to scream at you on the camera, if you don't mind somebody coming off passive aggressive or narcissistic, she's definitely the one to go to. She did some interview. Or she was openly like, I'm kind of afraid to say what I want to say, you know? <laughs> and she does the interview. And the whole time, she's like fidgeting. She's gripping the chair. She's squirming. And she's talking about why she's being so-called canceled. Which her saying everything that happened to her is a product of cancel culture is just like Gavin Newsom saying. Or just like uh, Cuomo saying, no, no, no. No, this is just canceled culture run amok. She has a video on it if you want to know more about it. I guess she said some shit and not everyone's turned on her. and She's being taken out of context. Sort of like a certain former president who constantly got clipped out of context. Anyway, moving on. Freedom Tunes with Seamus. Everyone's fair. Yeah, sorry. Ooh. Grab that, that, that pop burp and it burns your inside of your nose. You're like, ah! It's like you just snorted a line of alien blood. Uh, disclaimer, any jokes they make about cocaine are exclusively jokes, allegedly. <laughs> uh, but Freedom Tunes, those made by Seamus, another person who's on the Tim Pool podcast a lot, or the Tim cast, I should say. He's on there a lot. He's a Catholic boy from Illinois. It's probably the Illinois boys, as it would be. He's cool. I like his cartoons. He takes a... Uh, oh, if conservatives made a South Park series, that would probably be his cartoons, I'd say. Dr. Fauci! I love his characters, I love his impressions, he's great, he's funny. Uh, Freedom Tunes, go check him out if you like some, uh, libertarian short-form cartoons. It's good stuff, he uploads multiple times a week, one to two, maybe even three times a week if you're lucky. Great content, or great content, Awesome. Next on the list, Memeology 101 and 102. Memeology is associated by a Mexican guy who kind of gets called a racist mouthpiece for the right. Even though his thumbnail is clearly some Mexican dude in a sombrero or whatever the fuck he's wearing in that picture. People call him an alt-right mouthpiece all the time. Just It's retarded. And he's got multiple strikes on his first channel, so Memeology 102 is his backup channel. And he posts, you know, short-form, like, he'll sum up a day's news in about a three-minute, a minute to about three-minute video. Super quick, super funny. The editing is sharp and on point. Love it. Hell is funny. Hell, ah, funny as hell. Now, next on the list, we have Motivational Madness, or Motivation Madness. This is another one of those channels I like to watch when I'm working out. Uh, it's a little cringy, but... It's one of those motivation channels, you know, like, they'll take a, a interview clip, or they'll take various interviews clips and put them together where it sounds like one continuous speech, and they'll overlay some inspirational music or some, like, hit-the-gym-hard-sounding music with clips of people doing motivational shit. It's a motivational channel. It's exactly what it sounds like. It doesn't advertise anything that it's not. I like them. I like their uh, put-together. They got one with the guy who plays Tyrion Lannister, and they have a few Joe Rogan episodes. Really, really good. Now, these next ones I all have on the line because they're from a, a similar time period in my life. So we have 
epic rep battles of history. This is a channel I watch for that shot glass of nostalgia. Plus, I'm not going to lie. I think some of their hooks and some of their songs, some of their rhymes, some of their fat matches are really fucking good. Are some cringy as hell? Of course. Uh, fucking course. But are they funny as hell? A lot of times. And when it comes to certain politicians, they try to be neutral and they fail miserably at being neutral. Like, there was a clear favoritism towards Biden and his Biden versus Trump one. But when it came to Trump versus Hillary, I'd say they characterized both characters pretty unlikably both ways. But uh, if uh, you want to be more honest with the Joe Biden one, you would have him stuttering and mumbling over his words like a goddamn buffoon. The next one on this row is Equals 3 with Ray William Johnson. Now, I did not mind, uh, oh, his name? It was like Rodney something or whatever the fuck. I keep saying Rodney. I don't even know if that's the right name. But, uh, that black chick they got hosting the new one, man, she is just not fucking funny. I think the show actually ended, which is a shame because it's one of the, at one point in time, Equals 3 and William Johnson was the most subscribed to channel on the platform. Equals 3's formula was pretty simple. I think it was like a Wednesday upload and a Friday upload or some shit. It was originally like once a week, then it became like twice a week when YouTube got more popular and more people were on it. It would just go over the three most viral videos of that week, either in one episode or the three most viral episode uh, videos on the internet twice a week. Uh, Ray is some midget from New York who... Did stand-up comedy. Stand-up comedy was all right. He also has a channel called Your Favorite Martian. And it's interesting to see how the future generations and younger version of my generation have taken on his songs and content and made him into memes and shit. And the Mr. Douchebag character has kind of taken on a life of his own, especially all like in like Reddit, 4, 4chan, some boards on 4chan. Uh, Fit, the fitness board of 4chan, definitely has a Mr. Douchebag meme running around it occasionally. Which is always fun. I've seen t-shirts on Etsy that feature Mr. Douchebag. Uh, I think I love you more than a Japanese-like tentacle porn. And we can dance, dance, dance to these stereotypes. There's also uh, Sipping Orphan Tears. That's a classic one. Uh, I think the first one I ever saw was... Uh, it's not my favorite. It's like my least favorite of their songs. Uh, my least favorite of their songs is Zombie Love. Which I, I can kind of see the appeal to that. I can see what they were trying to do with it. I get it. I get it. Don't get me wrong. I get it. But my favorite one is probably Jupiter. I occasionally will still listen to that one unironically. But your favorite Martian for the time, you, you look at it in the time frame, like the, if you look at the place and time where it came out, it was great. YouTube music wasn't really a huge thing yet. D Storm was still doing music regularly. Then you had Mr. Guitar Man and ERB. Well, it was really like the channels for music. Ray William Johnson's Your Favorite Martian was kind of like an attempt to have a gorillas for YouTube, if you catch my drift. But, you know, I'll go back and I'll rewatch a lot of the old... For the same reason I feel like people watch Friends, I watch Old Equals 3 episodes occasionally. It's that warm, comforting vibe. You know, I get taken back to being in like 6th grade, coming home... Watching Equals 3 and then playing some Pico on on uh, on Newgrounds. You know that red-headed kid in the orange t-shirt and gray khakis who will just shoot up shit or take on or the game where you take on the Columbine kids, essentially? Pico, Newgrounds, you, if you can somehow find a way to play without Flash, please do yourself a favor and do it. But, uh, yeah, I like to watch Equals 3 occasionally just because it's a, it's a time capsule. You know, it's a comforting time capsule. You see the memes of the day... And it's interesting to see when they were popular. And based on the jokes he tells in the episode, you can tell... A lot of people will say his show's aged horribly. And that's sort of part of the charm for me, personally. Is that his channel aged horribly. Robbie Motts. That's who the second host was. I liked Robbie Motts. I think the show... I think the episode with Robbie Motts aged better. Because he really captures that 2010 sense of humor. That kind of like awkward, scrawny dude. With that awkward, scrawny dude sense of humor, and that Reddit sense of humor, I like it. I like it a lot. I I, I enjoy it. Unlike other fags from 4chan, old fags alike, and new fags alike, I actually enjoy the Reddit sense of humor. Fuck you, you don't like it. But yeah, equals three. You know, it's a time capsule. You got memes that we all know and love, reviewed at the time they were popular by someone we used to know and love. And it's not like William Johnson has completely vanished off the map. He still does shit on his own. 
Uh, he used to do daily vlogs that some of them were entertaining to watch, but not always in the world all the time. But that's kind of besides the point. Ow, fuck, I got a blister in my thumb and it hurts. But uh, yeah, I'd still say you still like to watch Roy William Johnson's In Equals Threes channel. I'd say go back, give it another chance. It's definitely worth it. You know, you won't you won't regret it too much. It's nice to get a little refresher back when YouTube wasn't constantly drowning in politics. It's a shame to say that William Johnson now drowns in bullshit liberalism politics. At least the last time I checked on him. But not to mention, man, back in the day, you know, you had Robin Williams on that show, like actual Robin Williams doing like a little guest spot. You know, I got introduced to one of my favorite stand-up comedians, or former favorite stand-up comedians, uh, Fluffy. What's his name? What's his actual name? Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. The hot and fluffy guy. Fuck. Fuck. Can't think of it. But uh, he used to be on that show a lot. He hosted like maybe five, six, seven episodes of it. Then you got other internet personalities that were big at the time on it, interviewing or, or hosting it. Why can't I think of his fucking name? Now it's going to bother me. Now I have to look it up. Gabriel Iglesias. Gabriel Iglesias. That's who. Gabriel Iglesias hosted a few episodes of uh, Equals 3. Moving on. Now, this is another one of those channels I'm expecting to get some shit on. And... I really only watched the older episodes when he was in a banana costume or when he was working with Make Me Bad or a couple like crossovers he did with that old interactive YouTube channel. Back in the day, there was this channel. I can't remember what it's called. But it had multiple endings to every video. And all you would do is back when YouTube... So for you younger folks who have no idea what I'm talking about right now, let me fill you in. Though I feel like most of my audience does because a lot of my audience is actually above the age of 25. My main demographic apparently is between the age of 25 and 50. Which, hey, y'all hey, 50-year-olds still here listening? Thanks. I didn't think I'd have that kind of appeal, but hey. Mazel tov. Now, back in the day, YouTube would have these little things pop up on the screen when you were doing videos. And they're usually put there by the content creator themselves. If you want an example of this, there is a anim. It, there's like this. I don't know. Somebody made a, a neon cat sort of video where it's like this blue cat dancing around, and the way they drew it. And I, this is recalling from memory. People thought there was like a. They thought the the way she drew like the lower body was inappropriate, so she put a big thick blue text block over it, so she didn't take the video down. Uh, I think it's still up there. I haven't checked. I'm not going to check, especially not for that Sonic Song 182 incident in the last episode where I embarrassed myself by remembering that video and that channel so well. And again, this is me housing myself for a lot of my cringier YouTube days and occasional still habits. But I still watch Onision. I don't follow the new stuff, though I will occasionally pop in to see the meltdown. He really came back to my radar with the whole Chris Henson saga. <laughs> now, that's when he really came back on my radar, is when Chris Henson went to his door with camera crews and shit, and he called the cops. He's like, there's a man outside my door? And he's, hold on, let me see, can I find this? Hold on, I want to see if I can find it and play it for you. It's the funniest shit. Nizion. I want <laughs> Yeah, right here. Oh, it's good shit. The cops like, Sir, who's harassing you? Who is harassing you? It's Chris Hansen. <laughs> she takes a picture and in. Oh, God. Dude, I don't give a fuck. Here we go. 911, what are you reporting? Hi. Uh, there's a person who's been stalking me online and they just showed up to my house. What's your address? I'm not going to give it away, but you can find it on the internet. His address is quite easy to find, and he himself made it publicly known. Yeah. Okay, and they're outside now? Yes, they're knocking on my door. Okay. And do you know if they have any weapons? They have a bunch of camera people, like they're YouTube, they're YouTube stalkers. Chris Hansen, the YouTube stalker. <laughs> uh, and I didn't realize Mike Morris was there, the Detroit lawyer. Yeah, I know this guy. He ran for, uh, I think he ran for mayor and governor a few times, but he didn't win. He ran the Democratic ticket. If you run in Michigan and you can't win the Democratic ticket, what the fuck is wrong with you? 
Okay. But no weapons seen? I didn't see any weapons. I just saw like okay. six guys in my driveway okay. and one of them was knocking on my door. Okay. One second here. Get to the good part. Get to the good part. Get to the good part. I'm gonna cool. And the one that's knocking on your door, is he the main one that you said has been stalking you? Yes. He's a stalker. Oh. He's yelling he's yelling things at me through the door right now. Okay, and what do we know his name at all? It's Chris Hansen. <laughs> Do we know who he is? It's Chris Hansen. <laughs> Dude, this is an old editor. I can't find it anywhere. And I've looked for it. It's a, it's a, it's a parody of that South Park episode where Chris Hansen's just like standing in a room and pedophiles walk in. They're like, oh my God, it's Chris Hansen. They shoot themselves. Someone who did like an impression of Nizion, he's like, it's Chris Hansen. Oh my God, it's Chris Hansen. Blam. Oh. Okay. H-A-N-S-E-N. H-A-S-E-N, yeah. Yeah, no and no idea who he's talking about. Chris, yeah. Okay, is he white, black, Asian, Hispanic? He's white. Okay. I love this report. This this dispatch this woman just has no fucking clue. Like, Chris Hansen, okay. Can't be that Chris Hansen. Do we know he's how old he is? He's like probably 58, 60. Okay, something like how that. Tall? Uh, probably. Five, ten, five, eleven. You be fair, Odizion. You're probably about that same age, or age, you forty year old fucking child grooming pedophile. Okay, same medium or heavy? Uh, he's skinnier. What color hair? Uh, blondish gray. Okay, and are you able to see what he's wearing or no? I think he's wearing a black jacket. Okay. Uh, I, I have a, a security camera. Uh huh. Can you see what color hair? Um, he's wearing a black jacket, black pants. His hair is gray. He's still yelling things at me through the door. Anyway, this is a hilarious phone call to listen to. If you can just get the time, listen to the whole thing. It's fucking great because eventually the, the dispatcher's like, wait, is it the, the catch a predator guy? And then for the rest of the time he's on the phone with her, she's like, um, or she doesn't say it. She's like, um, are you a predator, sir? <laughs> she just gets like, being like, all right, sir, what is he wearing? What is he wearing? Chris Hansen, okay. Wait, it's the Dateline guy? Okay, sir, we're going to, um, we're going to send dispatch out. And I think he took it down. I don't want to, disclaimer, I'm not saying this happened, just in case, for some reason, I'm one of those people he tries to take to court and sue for some bullshit-ass reason. But, there was a video posted. I don't know if it was supposed by him. I'm pretty sure it was. This is mostly a disclaimer for legal reasons. Where it's him. He's like filming himself hiding. He's like, Chris Hansen's in my house. He's looking for me. There's someone walking out. It's like a horror movie. Someone's walking through the hallways like, Onision, Greg, Gregory Jackson. I just want to talk. I'm Chris Hansen. It may be a parody. It may be a meme. It's not. But it's all be turned out that whoever was in the closet, Onision, pretended that Chris Hansen was in the house, and he, like, faked his freak up. And a lot of the Onision freakouts around that time were fake. Some of them weren't. Some of them were definitely genuine. Like, he really believed that it was, like, the end of the ride for him. But it's nice to occasionally tune in to see a dumpster fire. Am I contributing a couple cents to him? <laughs> Absolutely. But, you know, I like a good lull cow. But I can honestly go on about Onision forever. And the last one on the same row of you content creators is Make Me Bad. Make Me Bad, I believe his name is Matt, and I can't remember his cohort's name, but he used to host a show on Film Theory called uh, In the Frame. <laughs> or no, called Frame by Frame. Great show. I really liked his insight and breakdown of movies and how they're made. Uh, it's a shame it's no longer being made on that channel. I don't know what the fucking deal is. But anyway, Make Me Bad was like a sketch comedy YouTube channel. And he, honestly, I think the Fred character got ripped off of Jimmy, who was another character he played. He was like, oh my god, I'm Jimmy! Ah! Ah! It was like the high-pitched voice all sped up. Just It was the Fred formula before Fred did it. 
You know, and then Fred got super huge for doing it. Oh, my God. Can't remember when Fred got huge and the Annoying Orange got famous, like, right after Fred. These two obnoxious-ass fucking characters on, like, Nickelodeon and shit. Nickelodeon got Fred. Cartoon Network got the Annoying Orange. Oh, it was so bad. It was so bad. But the Fred guy retired his character, Lucas or whatever his name is. But the Annoying Orange is still going somehow, and all it does is, like, Let's Plays. You don't even see the orange anymore. You just hear the orange's voice as he plays over video. Hey, Apple. Hey, Apple. Oh, my God. Even back as a kid with the most crippling ADHD, I hated Fred. But I like Jimmy from the Make Me Bad channel. Make Me Bad is a good channel to go back and revisit. You know, it's in the same era as, like, Boogie2298 fucking uh, Francis the Fat Fuck channel and videos. It's from, like, 2008 to 2012 YouTube. It's funny, it's good stuff, it, it's cringy to watch these days, but hey, most comedy made these days is quite cringy. And moving on, so this video, this podcast is already at an hour, so I'm probably going to release this as it is, and then do a follow-up to this before I go over the last half of this, because this is quite a long list of YouTubers I watch and why I watch them. Uh, so I can't say this is the last two or three might be the last ones I do for this episode. But PewDiePie, I quite like PewDiePie. PewDiePie is great. I watched him back in the Happy Wheel days. He came to my attention probably the same way he came to yours. Hold on. Sorry about that. I'm back. Someone unexpectedly walked in the studio. I had to, you know, hit him with that blicky real quickie. Anyway, PewDiePie. So I imagine like most of you, you came across him probably 2012, maybe a little bit before that. For me, it was the Amnesia and Slender series that got my attention on him a lot. Cause you know, back in the day, I was a fan of like Mr. Creepy Pasta, that creepy reading, shit like that. You know, young chills content back when he was like in the top thirteen list or whatever the fuck. And Peter Pan came to my attention back when he was just a screaming dude making quotes like Stefano and Chaparral, boop, that kind of shit. You know, that was my thing for a while. Uh. And then over time, you know, I've stuck with PewDiePie over the years just because, you know, he's really evolved as time's gone on from being, like, goofy to, you know, like, child-friendly goofy to trying out new material, trying out new formats, doing new experimental shit out there in general, and here we are. You know, he is where he is now, caused the adpocalypse, supposedly, all that bullshit. Uh, PewDiePie is a just good boy. He's a real good boy, you know, he's got his sponsorships. And honestly, I think YouTube's terrified of him. Because they took PewDiePie down. That guy could fart. Upload a 30-second clip of him farting. It would have fucking 4 million views by the end of the day. It'd have about 3 million by the end of the hour. 100 million and some changed subscribers. At this point, I don't have any doubt that anyone out there doesn't know who PewDiePie is. I want to move on to somebody else. As you've probably gathered from my one intro I use, I use the leafy intro a couple times, depending on like what the subject is. And that's because, of course, I used to watch a lot of leafy. Leafy is on this list. If you can find his content, it's always worth going to the archives. But this is probably my favorite uh, leafy clone. I say it with a little bit of a sarcastic, with a half sarcastic tone in my voice. Turkey Tom and Tom Dark. He is somebody that I tend to really enjoy the content of. He's been uploading a lot more to the Tom Dark channel. But, uh, you know, originally he was like... Uh, Tricky Tom is more like YouTube-based. Like, his take on what's going on with like drama, be it on Twitter, 4chan, anywhere, really. And I definitely tell you he's a bit of a lurker in the boards and the way he talks. Just in general, I enjoy Tricky Tom. I think he's got good content. And uh, he brought the song, You Fuck Has Been Asking For This For A While, and I really like that song. And Tom Dark's a bit good, though it's a lot less about YouTube drama and things like that as a whole. Though there is some of that. It's more just like whatever he feels like uploading, kind of like how this podcast is sort of like whatever the fuck I feel like talking about. Uh, and the last one I want to talk about is Awaken with JP. Now, JP is one of those people that is... I could easily see somebody like him existing if SNL still had some talented people working there. Uh, Waking with JP, he does like his news channel where it's like very clearly like he 
he's a parody of what a woke SJW type liberal would be. So Biden unleashed a new plan. He has a list of violent far-right extremists. And, you know, we just love that kind of totalitarianistic government on the side of the political compass. You know, it's absolutely wonderful. And we look forward to getting our fourth dose in the morning. That's the kind of humor he does. It's better than what I just did, but Awaken with JP is great. I'm sure you've seen him before from his pseudo-news channel to just his little skit views in general where he plays a character. It's great. I really like him. And I'm going to end this specific episode here because I don't want to have a two-hour long episode, but I'm going to be making a part two to this. It will be going up shortly after this one. With that being said, I've been Inside Four Walls. You guys have a great day.